I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire. This is your host, Toby Leary, and join us every week as we do the only New England dedicated radio show dedicated to the Second Amendment, guns, freedom, and self-defense. And you can join us over at capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire to be a part of the conversation. You'll be able to type into the chat and ask questions that I will answer when we record live. This show is brought to you by Vortex Optics. And remember to like us and subscribe on all of the social media platforms that you use. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, Parler, Motion, all those usual big tech suspects, some of the alt ones as well. We're on Rumble now, which is cool, and Telegram, which is really cool. Um, so we're happy to uh, you know, be a part of all those. And uh, you can also find us wherever you get your podcasts. It's rapid fire, all one word. So we're back on Getter, too, which is cool. We appealed their decision to kick us off, and we're like, what gives, man? I thought you were like pro-freedom and stuff. And they came back and said, you know what? You're right. We want a show like yours on our platform. So we're back on Getter, and uh, we are having a good time uh, talking all things guns and answering your questions. So we're we're really glad you're listening and uh, – you know, a part of this um, radio show because I never knew it was such a in high demand until we started doing the live streams. Uh, boy, it's almost two years ago now when we started doing the Facebook Live when we were closed down because of the COVID restrictions and all that. And we just, you know, people just started eating it up and people like to talk about guns. Uh, we also do a series on the Grace Curley show every week called 2A Tuesday. Uh, we skipped this week because of my long-windedness on Monday, filling in on the Howie Car Show. And so if you didn't get a chance to hear me on the Howie Car Show, you can go to the howiecarshow.com and look at the archive, and you'll see the that I filled in for him on Monday all four hours. It was pretty cool and a very fun experience and um, getting a lot of good feedback from that. You know what's interesting, though, is I haven't got any, like, hate tweets or anything yet like uh it's pretty you know pretty ironic that i know like how he gets a lot of hate mail and hate tweets and so does grace curly and whatnot but i didn't get any so i don't know what that means i don't know if that means people aren't listening to what i have to say or if they tune me out or if they think i'm cool or they just don't care and you know it's one of those four i would think but <laughs> anyway chime into the chat up. chime in and let me know what you think uh so anyway, um, yeah, we're happy to do the show, and we're happy you guys are here to listen. So we have a lot of cool content coming up for you in the future, um, some great guests, and uh, 
We also do the uh, do have guests just about every week, and you know do some segments with Attorney Keith Langer and answer some of your law questions because I I know a lot of the questions that come through the stream are are legal questions, and you know I don't claim to be a lawyer. I don't play one on TV. I don't even play a good lawyer on the radio, but I do know a lot about gun laws. But it's nice to have the expert on the on the line, and so we'll be uh, getting in uh, do a segment with Keith this uh, episode. So stay tuned for that. And uh, there's been lots of good uh, stuff out there and Gun World News. Uh, I know there were two. Uh, I spoke to Jared Giannis from Guns and Gadgets on Monday, and he was telling us about the two uh, cases in California, the magazine ban and the, uh, the magazine capacity ban and the assault weapons ban in California that both got stayed there's been a stay pending the outcome of the Bruin case the New York pistol and rifle uh case versus you know the uh Bruin in New York and um that's a case which is gonna you know have huge widespread ramifications going forward for a lot of May issue states the there's a lot of I think there's seven or eight May issue states uh, out there like ours is for the license to carry then there's california new york new jersey and whatnot and so he was providing an update on that so pending the outcome of those cases they've put a stay on those two cases and then there was some other good news that came out of new york which is uh <laughs> a sheriff there was indicted for a pay-to-play scheme regarding concealed weapons permits so this woman is a sheriff there and she basically had the good old boys club where as long as you donated to her re-election campaign or you bought her some nice tickets to the Sharks game, the San Jose Sharks game, you know, some nice club seats. Maybe uh, you worked for Apple and you were uh, needed gun special gun permits for your security team. So all of a sudden a bunch of iPads showed up at the local sheriff's department for no charge and uh so these permits were being ordered and uh you know issued to people who were basically paying to play they were saying like what can i do to get my license oh funny you should ask the you know the shop here could use some new ipads or you know i've been wanting to go to a san jose sharks game or whatever and so yeah hopefully it on on it peels back the layers of the onion and you know maybe she was doing this for other uh you know aspects of um you know her purview as sheriff's sheriff but i don't know but um just can you believe it i mean it's hard to get a license in some of these states and you got these elected officials that are now holding it over you like a uh they're dangling the carrot like i'll give you this if you know it's it's unbelievable i hope she does a lot i hope she does a long bid in jail frankly and, uh, you know, so Jared brought us up to date on that. And um, if you're not following his channel, you should go over to Guns and Gadgets and subscribe and like. And he's always up to date with what's happening in the news world out there. And uh, love to have you uh, check out some of his content. And we'll try to have him on this show again in the future. So, um, yeah, the sheriff is from California. I apologize, Stephen. Uh, I guess I misspoke and said New York. I was thinking about the New York pistol and rifle case. Uh, that's going before the Supreme Court. So, um, Merry Christmas to you, Philip. And uh, 
So <laughs> PS is saying that he can give me some hate mail if I want it. But no, I, I prefer not to get it. But, you know, I'm sure it'll come someday. I just, we've got it over the past few years, but none like really targeted toward me as being some, you know, awful person, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, yeah, that's a good thing. Uh, Ohio is closer than ever to passing constitutional carry. Um, and they will become hopefully the 23rd state, I believe it is now, uh, the 23rd state to have constitutional carry. And I know, uh, some other states just, um, just filed again. I know, uh, let me see. I just read that article this morning. Um, it was, let's see, it was a Michigan or something like that. I think, I think it was Michigan, uh, just reintroduced. Oh no, excuse me. It was Nebraska. Uh, a Nebraska lawmaker just reintroduced constitutional carry bill. So that's good news. And uh, we're we're really hoping that that wildfire continues to spread. And uh, that would be great. And, you know, we're really, really uh, need it. It's obvious what the intent of the founders was. And it's time to restore our rights as law-abiding, responsible, gun-owning Americans and residents. So let's make our voice heard to all those who will listen and those who won't. Let's tell them we're going to do everything in our power to vote them out because they don't respect the Second Amendment. So, all right, if you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license, we have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies only woo, and couples classes at CapeGunWorks.com. So check it out. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3. Hey, Toby Leary here from Cape Gunworks. Excited about the change in season. One thing that hasn't changed is the commitment to our customers. Come in, meet our friendly staff, 
Take a class and get your gun license. We have a 15-lane indoor range, a huge pro shop with tons of guns, ammo, archery, and accessories. Shop at capegunworks.com or tune in to Rapid Fire, our talk show about all things guns, the Second Amendment, and self-defense. Go to capegunworks.com and give us a shot. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. And make sure you join us every week. Go to capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire to tune in live as we record the show. And you can make your voice heard. Type into the chat box and ask your questions. And we will try to get to it while we are recording. Um, so I appreciate everyone who's joining us. And, uh, you know, Davey says that these shows are a huge help for new gun owners like myself. Keep up the good work, guys. So... That's the kind of stuff, that's the reason we do what we do. We're really uh, happy to be providing such a good service for everybody, and hopefully uh, you guys are finding it uh, useful. And if you are, please share it and subscribe and like us on all our social media platforms. So, uh, yeah, before the break, we were talking about constitutional carry, and uh, Ohio is that bill in the in the House and the Senate. They have concurrent bills running right now to become uh, another constitutional carry state, which is great. And hopefully the governor will sign it and he won't be uh, like some of the other uh, governors out there that veto it, even though they overwhelmingly pass. I know Pennsylvania governor was talking about vetoing it. I don't know where that stands. But anyway, um, the, you know, certain, certain uh, governors feel like they know better than everybody else. So, uh, one thing I found interesting in the news that I came across last week uh, was really cool is Guam has approved suppressor ownership in the state, uh, in the, you know, uh, region of Guam. And uh, they're just waiting for the governor to sign or veto that. So that has passed the Senate and the House of uh, Representatives in Guam. And they're one of the U.S. territories. So you know, you look at Guam and it's, I would say it leans a little bit more Democrat as far as, um, you know, it certainly seems to be a little bit more uh, left of center as far as its voting base and whatnot. But yet they vote to approve suppressors like uh, 42 other states have here in America and uh, in the continental U.S., I should say, uh, you know, and I'm thinking, man, what is wrong with us here in Massachusetts where, like, we can't trust our citizens to own a piece of equipment that is has huge benefits to people's hearing, not to mention, um, you know, it's going to reduce noise pollution and it's going to, uh, you know, make hunting possibly if people would hunt with suppressors. Uh, a little bit more, uh, less startling to people out walking their dogs and whatnot. And uh, the benefits are huge. The upside is huge. But yet we want to demonize them and, and talk about them like there's some inherent evil, uh, you know, spell that comes out of the end of the suppressor and makes the gun more lethal. In fact, it actually makes the gun more controllable, so therefore more, more humane and ethical as far as it applies to hunting. So 
um, you know, Guam is set to become a state of or a territory of the United States that can legally own suppressors. And I'm sitting here going, yeah, right up the road, it, we have Yankee Hill Machine. Smith & Wesson owns Gemtech. Uh, we have, to our north, SIG. They're all big suppressor companies. And, you know, we can't even... Uh, look at them too long in this state nice it's, it's different even from a machine gun like you can legally own a machine gun in massachusetts most people don't even realize that but you cannot legally own a suppressor you can't if you're a cop you're not even exempt the only way you can uh use a suppressor in massachusetts is if you're a law enforcement officer in your official capacity as a police officer so it's not like you can just have cans in the you know, at the house for your own personal use. They have to be tied to you on the job. Like a lot of SWAT team guys will have them with them. And uh, first time I ever saw a suppressor in Massachusetts, I was at Logan Airport, actually. And I walk in the front door and I see two state police in full tactical gear with MP5s outfitted with cans on them. And I'm like, what in the world? And I remember thinking, man, that's ridiculous. What does a cop need a can on an mp5 in an airport for you know what in the world and then the more i thought of it i'm like actually it makes a lot of sense like if you think about shooting a gun in an airport think of the panic that that could spark so putting a suppressor on there and reducing the sound quite a bit would really uh make a big difference so um you know i don't know that uh that you know, is standard operating procedure, or if it was just a, uh, somebody had a, uh, there was a threat or something like that. But the more I thought of about it, I'm like, you know what, it actually does make sense for uh, officers to, to carry a suppressor or have a suppressor on the gun, especially in a public space like that, where shooting a gun would, could spark a mass panic. And um, yeah, so that's how I felt about it. But then I go, and for all those reasons, civilians should be able to own guns. So, yeah, but I guess I'm on the short end of that stick. So, anyway, let's get to some of your questions here. Um, P.S. says, what's up? And I hope you had a Merry Christmas. We did. Thank you. And I hope everybody out there in Radio Land had a very Merry Christmas and is set to have a safe and happy New Year. Um, we're really uh, looking forward to the New Year. Here at Cape Gunworks, it was a great year for us in the firearms industry, and we're looking to continue to, you know, kick the ball up the hill and and do bigger and better things for everybody out there in the community. And uh, Matt saying, uh, quick question: Any suggestions on a spot to do private sales? I've got a few firearms that can't go through an FFL that he's looking to sell. So some people don't realize that in Massachusetts we are legally able to do a private transfer of a firearm. So. We can do a face-to-face -face transfer is what it called what it's called. You need a you know internet connection and a web browser and and uh, you can go on the EFA10 portal, the mass tr gun transaction portal, and you can do a face-to-face -face transaction. You both need your LTC and your PIN numbers, and you you basically put the seller's information in, the buyer's information in, and the firearm information in, and it'll tell you whether or not the sale is able to proceed, and then once it's done, you print out a copy for each of you and you go on your merry way. It's that simple. It takes about five minutes. And I, I can understand the question. Um, oh, and by the way, you're only allowed to do four private sales a year. So you have to, um, you know, go through a licensed gun dealer if you already have sold four 
for private sales. So if you have a gun that you're not able to do through a licensed gun dealer, like if you're one of the lucky people that own a Glock pistol or an off-roster pistol, um, something like that, where we can't legally sell it through the store um, because of all the, you know, laws and restrictions and infringements upon the Second Amendment here in this state. And it was all done to basically make it harder to sell or to buy guns that you actually want to own in the state and had zero to do with actually reducing crime and, you know, making us safer in the type of guns that we can buy. Um, but, you know, you basically have to... Uh, if you have one of those guns, you can then do a face-to-face -face transfer, even though like a gun dealer can't sell it. So uh, you're allowed to do four of those, but you can you can use our shop for that service. I'm happy to help people out in that way because I know it is intimidating. Like you you find a guy on arms list or NES or something like that, and you're like, I want to buy the gun he has for sale. I don't know him from a hole in the wall, and I don't want to meet him in the Walmart parking lot and you know have this weird situation. So yeah, come to Cape Gunworks. Would be happy to facilitate that transaction for you, and you can, you know, ask any questions while you're there. So, uh, good question, Matt. Um, and Brendan wants to know if we have any TLR ones in stock, and I don't know, but maybe we can check on that during the break for you. And Tom's asking if I've had the chance to handle the new Springfield High Power, and I have not. I have not ordered those. I'm once bitten, twice shy right now with Springfield pistols. I was told that they will be eminently on the list, so I stocked up with a bunch of the Hellcats and whatnot. And then, guess what? Wah, wah, wah. They never hit the list, but we haven't had one since June. So the list that I'm referring to, for those who don't know what the heck I'm talking about, is the mass-approved weapons roster. So it has been a while since a new list has come out, and um, we haven't they're supposed to come out quarterly but they don't unfortunately and so they come out whenever they feel like coming out or whenever guns are tested and then they can convene they had a good excuse for a while oh covid you know we can't meet face to face maybe we can do it over zoom and all that and so they were meeting and they came out with the list in june but um we're long overdue for one and hopefully uh the springfield hellcat or that springfield high power will be on that list but I have not played with one yet and or seen one because I didn't want to order another gun that I can't sell here in mass but I I can sell it online and on the on the website so anyway um let's see uh let's see here EJ says had a great time taking the defensive shooting class and highly recommend it the instructors were great um that's excellent feedback EJ thank you for Letting us know, we love to uh, get that kind of feedback, and I'm sure that um, you know we we are certainly trying to put forth a good class for you here at Cape Gunworks, and we're also bringing in some outside uh, shooters as well as outside uh, instructors as well for a, gr a good class. So, PS says, tell Russell good job on his this old gun series. So we've kind of I don't know. Uh, plagiarism's the highest form of flattery, right? So <laughs> we've kind of plagiarized the old NRA, this old gun series. And uh, we have Russ, who's just, you know, the gun geek of Cape Gunworks, and he likes old guns. Since Mark has taken a sabbatical from 
Cape Gunworks. Russ is the gun geek, so uh, he's been doing a good job on that. Go to the YouTube channel and check out this old gun with Russ, and we're gonna have some really cool guns coming up. So, if you're a retired law enforcement officer, did you know that you can legally carry in all 50 states with the Leosa qualification? We offer that class. Go to capegunworks.com and click on classes to sign up today so you can carry in all 50 states like the rest of us should be able to, but you can. All right, more after this. You're listening to Rapid Fire. We'll be right back. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Hey, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. These days you need to be able to protect your family and yourself. At Cape Gunworks, we have self-defense training and frequent firearm certification classes. Cape Gunworks has a modern indoor range and a huge pro shop so you can get properly equipped. Get your gun license and the training you need to keep you and your loved ones safe. Go to capegunworks.com to sign up for classes, shop online, or tune into Rapid Fire. Cape Gunworks, there has never been a better time to give us a shot. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Make sure you join us every week. Go to capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire to be notified when we go live. We're always at different times and different uh, days, it seems. But we go live at least once a week, and that's how this show happens. So uh, please follow us, like us, and subscribe on all the social media channels as well. So anyway, uh, we appreciate you listening. And at this time of the uh, show, we have... A guest that joins us from time to time, and it is attorney Keith Langer, and we're happy to have you here. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Keith. How are you? Oh, flat out, literally and figuratively, but glad to be here. Best wishes to you and all the listeners for what I hope will be a better 2022 than 2021 was. Amen to that. So what you're saying is you're like a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest right now? Something like that. <laughs> I know the feeling. I'm usually in that that mode myself. So, um, yeah, but I appreciate you joining us. And uh, hopefully you never need Keith, but if you do, uh, he's the man to call. And um, one of the questions that I have got in a surprising amount of volume here at the shop and even over the, uh, over the air – I covered for Howie Carr on Monday, and I was, um, I got a question like this on that show too. And basically, what it is is, if a guy say he's a dual resident, he lives in Maine, he has a house in Maine, and he's got a house here on the Cape, or you know, he's local uh, Massachusetts resident. And well, when he was up in Maine, he purchased an AR-15 at a local store. Um, if he was to neuter it and remove the evil features could he then bring it to 
Massachusetts and, you know, shoot it here and put it in his safe at the house locally. Or since it was made after 7-2016, does that make it so he cannot possess it here in the state? Well, the first question is, is it here temporarily or not? If he's bringing it back, use his, uh, his primary competition gun, home defense, whatever, if it's staying in the state, the problem is he's supposed to register it within seven days. Mm-hmm. And then, because it's a dreaded evil AR-15, according to Healy's edict, he can't possess it, even right. if it is made mass compliant in that it doesn't have a threaded barrel, or if it does, it has a permanently affixed muzzle brake, and it doesn't have the dreaded bayonet lug, because, you know, we have to save the streets from drive-by bayoneting. Mm. And he took off the grenade launcher <laughs> and the collapsible stock. He would comply with the statute, but you're still up against Healy's edict. And the right. question is, do you want to challenge it? Right. If, uh, if it's here purely temporarily, he might skate by as long as it's otherwise mass compliant. Hmm. As always, the question is, do you feel lucky and what were you doing that would make this firearm come to the authorities' attention? Right. And it doesn't always take much. If you fell and hurt yourself and they called an ambulance, the ambulance always comes with the police car, and when they're coming in to check you out, they're going to be looking around, and if you've got the AR visible, you've got some splaining to do, Lucy. Mm. Yeah, no doubt about it. So basically what you're saying is there's no precedence yet that none of this has been challenged on the civilian level where, you know, the edict was really largely aimed at gun dealers saying like, look, you're going to cease and desist and stop selling these guns, period. doesn't matter what features they have. They are copycats and duplicates and they interchange and they have, you know, similar design and blah, blah, blah. So therefore you're not going to sell them. And so exactly the idea was to cut off the supply, but right. it still poses a potential criminal penalty because they will claim that you have a post-ban non-compliant assault weapon, even though the firearm is, in point of fact, completely compliant with the actual controlling law, the statute, not an edict that was spawned as a letter to the Boston Globe, which is what the uh, situation was here. Right. And along those lines, the, uh, you know, similar situation would be someone if they moved here from an out of, from out of state and they had an AR-15 that they did not possess prior to that edict, um, could they neuter it and bring it with them and register it when they get here? Um, exact same problem, because if you don't register it, you're in violation of the law. Right. If you register it in compliance with the law, then there's a theoretical possibility that you'll be dinged under Healy's edict. Right. And you need to understand that the Firearms Records Bureau records are wide open to the AG and the ATF. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so, as in, as in wide open, as in no warrant necessary, as in, oh, let's go look. Let's run a search for registered AR-15 pattern rifles. Even to my understanding that local PDs have that access as well. It's not even just ATF and AG's office. I think the local PD has it 
because when we were shut down, uh, the letter that went out, uh, you know, was you can you can check Mercs to see if any gun dealers in your town are actually selling firearms when they're supposed to be shut down. So you know that's that... absolutely true. The police do have access. The question is, which agency is more likely to run a general query for AR-15 registration? Right. The ATF, the AG, or your local police department? Mm. Interesting. So the the basically the answer is, do you feel lucky, punk? <laughs> and yeah. uh, there's no precedent. There's no guidance. There's no clear the edict the edict was challenged in court by some individuals as the legality of the edict right and that did not prevail but in terms of somebody actually being prosecuted under the edict not the assault weapon statute itself but under the edict claiming to be an extension of the actual statutory assault weapon statute i know of nobody that has been prosecuted under that and took it beyond the district court level because district court you don't know uh district court cases are not reported Hmm. the interesting thing is like what would somebody be charged with if they did move here they neutered their gun and it was they registered it within seven days of moving here uh would they be charged with possession of an assault weapon or yeah uh, yeah okay the fact that the gun complies completely with the mass statute which is the old federal statute, it doesn't have a threaded barrel, it doesn't have a grenade launcher, it doesn't have a collapsible stock, all the rest of the evil features. Mm-hmm. You can make it completely compliant under the statute, but if it's post-edict, then you're theoretically exposed to being charged with unlawful possession of an assault weapon, which is, as you well know, a felony. Right. And uh, it's funny, they that edict was issued to dealers, but I think there's some language in there. I don't have it memorized, but there's some language in there to the effect that the attorney general does reserve the right to prosecute civilians under this edict. Uh, yes, it, it kept evolving and changing and getting modified over time. But the bottom line is it was aimed at the dealers to shut down dealer sales. But the primary thrust was dealers, not individuals. However, Moore kept that option in her pocket and expressly stated it in the edict. Right. That's where the exposure comes from. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you for clearing that up. Uh, we One other quick thing, and this is another reoccurring theme that comes up again and again and again, and especially... Yeah, yeah. When I call, you know, I, I host uh, how on Howie Carr show or I'm doing a 2A Tuesday on Grace Curley's, I get this question a lot. And it's somebody, the one who called Monday, for instance, uh, had an FID card that expired and he had firearms in the house. And he must have been talking at the bar to a buddy who turns out to not have been a good buddy and called the police on him the next day. And said, hey, Joe Schmo's got a bunch of guns in the house with a f- expired FID card. And so the police rolled up and the mother just let the plainclothes police in thinking she's doing the doing the right thing. They came in and found the guns and, and uh, they arrested this guy. And so uh, when he went to court, all charges were dropped. And they basically said, just get your LTC. I mean, get your FID card again, which he did. He had, he had applied 
you know, or applied, had the paperwork ready to go and, and applied. What's the um, question? So the question is, he's trying to get his LTC now. This was like two or three renewals ago that he wanted to upgrade it to the LTC. And the, the, the whoever takes the paperwork says, let me check with the chief. He walks in the back room. She's like, no, nah, I'm not giving him the LTC. So he walks out and goes, yeah, chief's not going to give you the LTC. So he told him that twice. And so he just keeps reapplying for the FID. My advice was call you, number one. Number two, uh, you got to get a denial before you can do anything about it. If you're just taking the guy at his word, you're never going to be able to do anything about it. So submit the paper. That's paperwork. not true. Okay. No, once he file, he needs to actually file it. Not just ask somebody, have somebody, ask somebody else, ask somebody somebody else. You need to actually file it. Right. That starts the 40-day response period. Mm-hmm. Day 41, that is deemed denied, and that starts the 90-day appeal period. Right. And the way the police play people is to not accept the application. They say, well, I'll, I'll talk to them. And they say they're doing you a favor. They're saving you the $100 filing fee. Well, yes, they are. But they're also depriving you of the actual denial because you didn't actually file it. When you file it, when you get the receipt, if they give you one that they're supposed to, if you think to get a stamped copy of your application, which is the Class A way to go, at the very least, if you have a canceled check, you can start the clock. Mm-hmm. And after 41 days, you can proceed on the grounds that it was denied. But you have to document the application to document the de facto denial. But Got then it. again, if you're mouthing off about guns, you no longer have a license for at a bar, you're probably not thinking that far ahead now, are you? <laughs> you know, I don't know what the situation where he had that conversation was, but um, anyway, so uh, that's uh, that's what my recommendation is. And I get that question in certain variations of it, you know, like, oh, I had a OUI back as a 17-year-old 25, 30 years ago, and they're, they'll only give me my uh, FID, they won't give me the LTC, or I had some, you know, something continued without a finding as a minor, and they won't accept the application for the LTC, but they'll give me my FID. So um, there is ways of fighting it, and they could uh, they could call you and and have you help them along, I'm sure, and and come up with a, a legal strategy to to appeal it right in district court. Right, that's the way to do it. Not chatting up friends at a bar right. or expecting the hive mind on social media to provide you blinding legal insights because <laughs> these are all very, very, very fact-driven. Right. Was it a continuance or was it a conviction? If it's an OUI, when was the conviction? These all affect the outcome. Hmm. So yeah, it, it, it's not a do-it-yourself game. Yeah. No, I... I wholeheartedly agree <laughs> that's why you know i get a lot of legal questions and i always preface it with i'm not a lawyer and i don't play one on tv so call keith langer or jason guido or andrew kuja one of the professionals so anyway we trust your your advice keith that's why we have you on the show and we appreciate you joining us so happy new year till next time thank you and happy new year to you and all your listeners amen to that all right private archery lessons are back check the calendar on schedule to schedule a one-on-one with Dylan, our new archery guru. Go to capegunworks.com and click on classes to book a class today. We will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire.
Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and please join us every week as we go live. Go to capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire. You can actually watch the show live there. You can interact if you get signed up in the chat. We will get to your questions a little bit later in the show, and uh, we're happy you're here, and we're happy to be here. So um, one of the things that I just noticed was, uh, you know, while I was uh, broadcasting last week that Potter trial was going on um, about the former police officer um, who mistakenly, uh, Kim Potter, who mistakenly shot uh, Dante Wright in April. She mistook her duty weapon for the taser. She thought it was the taser. And she was saying how she's going to tase the guy, going to tase the guy, but she's pointing her Glock pistol, I think it was a Glock anyway, at the, at the guy and ends up shooting him and killing him. And she was just found guilty of second degree manslaughter. And it's amazing how the news covered it, and we're very, very quick to report on this. And I wonder how that's going to affect the outcome of the Alec Baldwin case, because if you think about it, what's the difference, really? I mean, in both cases, neither person meant to kill the other one. You know, so if Kim Potter was responsible for mixing up her taser with her Glock and mistakenly shooting a criminal or a, an apparent alleged criminal or somebody who had to be brought into uh brought to justice or brought you know arrested 
um, then what about Alec Baldwin, who mistakenly shot a completely innocent person who was just there to, you know, practice a scene for a, a film he was shooting? And, uh, you know, will this have ramifications? Uh, will it be... Uh, was was does that mean the responsibility was Alec Baldwin's to check his prop gun to determine if you know there was blanks or live ammo or uh, ammunition in any of the six chambers and also does that um, responsibility fall on him to know the difference of what a what a blank is or what a uh, you know a dummy round or what a live ammo is and you know, I know there's different rules as they apply to the movie sets and whatnot. And you have people employed for that purpose to keep actors who generally don't know much about guns. And that's apparent every time they open their mouths uh, and talk gun advocacy outside of films. They make a living in violent films shooting guns, but then they don't Aha! want and they have, you know, live in gated communities and have bodyguards and entourages that keep them safe. But uh, if you want to keep yourself safe and you can't afford an entourage and a bodyguard in a gated community um, and you want to go so far as to own a gun to, to protect yourself inside or outside the home, then, you know, you, they want to make sure that that right is taken away in a lot of cases. But um, so it'll be interesting to track it and see that, um, see what happens and, uh, you know, see if any laws come about a, as a result. Um, maybe, you know, there'll, there'll be some legislation that changes. Uh, maybe they'll have to start, uh, I don't know, using like uh, computer gener generated animation to make the gun scene parts of guns and not use real guns or something like that. But um, you never know. And uh, we'll see. I'm sure the Potter case will be appealed. Um, but we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see if the, uh, you know, if she ends up getting off or on, you know, some reduced charge or or whatever. So anyway, it's something that happens in Hollywood every few years. Somebody ends up dying in a motion picture and uh, they don't do much about it you know i know brandon lee died a few years ago and you know they hire the right people for the job but it can happen guns can be dangerous so make sure you get trained and also sign up for the uscca concealed carry and home defense course and get a certificate at the end to apply for the florida and connecticut non-resident license to carry you get comprehensive instruction and prepare for home defense and comes with a live fire portion. You go to capegunworks.com and click on classes to sign up today. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of 
effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal Punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Snap safe. Featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, co-owner of Cape Gunworks, and this is the only 2A dedicated radio show in New England, to my knowledge. Unless someone can point out another one, I'm going with that. But we are dedicated to all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense, and we enjoy your interaction. So go ahead and go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire, and you can join us as we go live, and you can also... Uh, be a part of the show. This segment, we will get to your questions. And uh, also like, subscribe, and share the videos if you like them and you know someone who might be interested in them. So I uh, would love to have you you go ahead and share the share the good message. Spread good cheer, gun cheer across the, the <laughs> fruited plain. So um, let's see here. <laughs> Getting to your questions. Uh, let's see. Um, last week we took a week off and Matt was lost without a week of rapid fire. So I apologize, Matt, but I, I don't think there would have been too many people listening on Christmas day, but you never know. There could have been. Um, so Brendan wants to know if we have any TLR ones in stock and we checked on the break for you and we don't have any in stock in the, in the shop, but if you go to our website, capegunworks.com, they're all over the place there. And they will ship from our distributor. So uh, they will come within a matter of days if you do order it there. So not a problem. Um, and then uh, let's see. Uh, Sweet Tooth says he likes the stream, guys. And he is telling everyone else to show support. And we agree. Amen to that. Thank you very much. And uh, let's see. Um I'm sorry. Uh, so Stephen wants me to talk about the Barnstable man pleading guilty to selling 80% uh, lowers. And I have no idea what this case is. So I am going to look into it because you provided me a link. And so I will look into it. It says a Barnstable man pled guilty yesterday in federal court in Boston in connection with selling four ghost guns to an undercover agent. Jacob Linares, 34, pled guilty to one count of dealing in firearms without a license and being a felon in possession of a firearm. U.S. Senior District Court Judge Douglas Woodcock, Woodlock 
scheduled sentencing for April 12, 2022, which, by the way, Douglas Woodlock is a good dude. He's the one who got the gun stores open again after the uh, COVID shutdown, and we sued the state over that. We were a part of that lawsuit. And um, so... Uh, let's see, between May 25th, 2020 and June 15th, 2020, Linares sold four privately made firearms he had personally fabricated to an undercover agent. Personally made firearms are not made by firearms manufacturers. Rather, they are made from firearms parts purchased from firearm manufacturers and assembled uh, by the buyer using various drilling tools and machinery to construct a functional firearm. Personal made firearms do not have serial numbers and are commonly known as, quote, ghost guns, unquote, because they are not serialized and are thus untraceable to a purchaser or owner. On the fourth sale, Linares agreed to take a commercially manufactured firearm as part of the payment. Due to a prior felony conviction, Linares is prohibited from possessing firearms. The charge of dealing firearms without a federal firearms license provides for a sentence of up to five years in prison and a fine of up to $250,000. The charge of being a felon in possession of a firearm provides a sentence of up to 10 years in prison and a fine of up to $250,000. So basically, it looks like this guy was buying 80% lowers, which you can buy all the parts online. And I think the exact right thing happened as a result of this situation. If a felon is building guns and selling them, arrest him and prosecute him. That's the way it should work. And that's the right answer to this situation. So, you know, you, you get a lot of people who say, oh, ghost guns are bad because you can't trans, you know, you can't trace them. And, you know, uh, no one should be able to own them. Well, why are you going to punish the 100 million legal and responsible gun owners uh, from being able to participate in gun building hobby for their own personal use? Because there's people like this guy who will, uh, you know, break the law. He's obviously a convicted felon. That's what makes him a prohibited person in the first place. So he's not afraid of breaking the law. So no matter what law you you make, he is by definition a criminal and going to continue to break it. So you don't punish the law abiding. You don't punish the responsible gun owner by making it, uh, you know, for the for the sins of the felon or the sins of the criminal so this is the exact right thing to have happened if this moron wants to go out and traffic in firearms after he builds them himself and you know commits all kinds of felonies by doing it more power to him that's he gets what he deserves and you don't want to punish those who don't do that by saying oh now you can't participate in a gun hobby like home-built firearms or, you know, making guns for yourself. And in this state, we have the extra layer of requirement that we have to register our home-built firearms or homemade firearms uh, after we complete them. So I built one. It's actually sitting up there on my shelf right now uh, in a couple pieces because I've taken it apart. But, um, well, I didn't take it apart. I actually sold the barrel out of it. So that's one thing I do all the time is I get a gun that I like and then I sell it, you know, but this time I just sold the barrel out of my gun. But anyway, when I was done with manufacturing this gun, I test fired it and then I had seven days and within seven days I registered it. So it didn't have a serial number. So I put NSN. Um, you can laser engrave a serial number on it or you can get one of those electronic pens and you can put whatever you want in there. You can put your initials or something like that. But 
you know, the law still stands that if you're a felon, you can't build one of these, even though you can order all the parts to build one through the mail and machine them out and manufacture them yourself. They've been making guns in this country for hundreds of years. So you're not changing uh, anything but the tradition of home-built firearms from happening with responsible people. So anyway, um, I think the right thing happened, and I don't think you should punish those who are legally following the law or trying to follow the law and are not prohibited people from being able to build guns. So that's how I feel about that. And in other states, you don't have the extra requirement of registering the gun. So um, that that's, you know, one big improvement over Massachusetts. So I apologize we didn't get to many questions on that one, but stand by. We will get to them on the other side. Uh, right now, this is the end of the first segment, and thank you for turn- tuning in. The first hour is in the bag, and uh, if you're listening on the radio, we'll see you next week. If not, you can go to capegunworks.com and click on the rapid fire icon and hear the extended questions, to extended show to your questions and whatnot, answers to your questions. And always be uh, vigilant and uh, God bless. And we'll see you next time. And if you're sticking around, we'll see you on the other side. So don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA 
to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield. Hey, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. These days you need to be able to protect your family and yourself. At Cape Gunworks, we have self-defense training and frequent firearm certification classes. Cape Gunworks has a modern indoor range and a huge pro shop so you can get properly equipped. Get your gun license and the training you need to keep you and your loved ones safe. Go to capegunworks.com to sign up for classes, shop online, or tune into Rapid Fire. Cape Gunworks, there has never been a better time to give us a shot. Welcome to Rapid Fire, sponsored by Vortex Optics. I'm your host, Toby Leary, co-owner of Cape Gunworks, and you can tune in at capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire to join the conversation. Remember to like and subscribe on all the social media platforms. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks, and we're just about everywhere. There's probably a few we're not on, but Telegram, Rumble, Twitch, Daily Motion, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, all the big tech ones. Wow, we still can. We're being threatened left and right to be kicked off and deplatformed, and all that exciting stuff. But for the moment, we we prevail. We've persevered this long, so hopefully it will continue to be there. And uh, but we're glad you're here. And to the second hour of Rapid Fire in the Happy New Year edition. Uh, hopefully everyone's having a great New Year. Is going to have a great New Year and had a good Christmas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, hopefully. Santa Claus brought you something nice under the Christmas tree, something in a gun-shaped package. Uh, <laughs> and if you didn't get what you wanted, you know where to go to get it, right? <laughs> Would love to have you in the store and, you know, might need to do a little post-Christmas shopping for yourself. I don't know. I'm just throwing that suggestion out there. We got all kinds of goodies in the shop and, uh, you know, it's looking to be a good 2022 as well. Uh, lots of cool stuff out there and Looking forward to getting it getting it in. In fact, that's one thing I wanted to talk about is that gun buying has accelerated. There are more than 5 million new gun owners in America. So um, from January 2020 to April 2021, produced an estimated of estimate of 5.4 new gun owners. And so, you know, a lot of them were females. Uh, I would say uh, we saw probably a 50-50 split from male to female here in the shop. And every day we're so happy to see uh, more and more women taking personal responsibility for their own safety and finding a cool hobby to do with friends. And uh, one thing that's great about women is they're not afraid to do it with friends. Like my men sometimes, you know, yeah, they'll go out with a buddy here and there. But really, uh, women get like the group effort going, which I think is great for the Second Amendment. It's great for the uh, sport and uh, it's going to continue to perpetuate the 2A community and expand the tent. So um, there's never been a better time to take a class or a private. If you're one of those new 5.4 million gun owners, um, then I highly recommend you get training. Safe and efficient training um, is, you know, paramount in uh, if you're a new gun owner you want to make sure you take advantage of it and if you don't live in our area i'm sure there's some good competent uh training facilities near you uh if you're up in new hampshire or maine or whatever seek out good competent training because uh you know i carried a gun for 15 years before i took my first class 
and I felt like a moron when I finally took the class. I'm like, I can't believe I have carried a gun in the real world for 15 years and never having taken a class. And I used to shoot. I used to go out on the range and I could, you know, break leather on my cool Galco Fletch holster with my 1911 and defeat the safety and fire a string of fire and hit the target and reload and put it back in my holster and put the thumb brake back on without shooting myself in the leg. So I thought I was all set. Boy, was I wrong. It, there was so much more to it than that. And uh, I didn't realize all the stuff that goes into, um, you know, carrying a gun out in the real world Breaking news. that is even beyond the weapons handling portion of it. So take a class. We have that uh, that um, USCCA class coming up, and that one gets you reciprocity with 30-odd 30 other, 30 other states if you get the Florida non-resident. But anyway, um, let's get to your questions because I neglected some of you in the first hour, and uh, I apologize. I had a lot to talk about, so... Anyway, uh, KJ was saying, commenting on the conversation I had with Keith Langer, if the resident who bought the AR in Maine already lives here and is not moving to the state, why would he have to register it within seven days? And it's a catch-22, really. Um, when you do move here and you bring a gun with you under the technical, uh, legal terms that Keith has so eloquently spelled out for us, you don't need to register the gun unless it was on like a moving truck or you shipped it here or it went to a gun dealer or something like that. But if you brought it with you on uh, your person or in your car or whatever, you do not need to register it. So it is a catch-22. Do you ha do you live here with a AR that's not registered or do you, uh, you know, that whole conversation is basically there's no legal precedent. There's no guidance spelled out in the attorney general regulations. So basically, do you feel lucky, punk? That's really what Keith was saying. So, um, you know, you don't know how it would be treated if you did have it, some interaction with law enforcement. But anyway, uh, and Davey's saying the moral of the story is don't move here if you're a gun owner. Now, I disagree with that, Davey. I'm glad that people are still willing gun owners are still willing to move here and fight the good fight. I'm a little annoyed at all the people that are shedding this state so quickly. And I, I get it. Believe me. I understand the sentiment of having your rights infringed for long enough. And you're like, I'm out, you know, I'm done with this state that wants to, uh, you know, take away my rights. And frankly, um, even Smith and Wesson feels that way, right? They're uprooting and leaving. And those 2,500 hourly employees are now, A, either going to have to relocate or move, or they're going to have to find a new job. There are some that are going to stay here and build revolvers. Uh, but, you know, that sentiment has crept into uh, major weapons manufacturers. Springfield left long ago, um, you know, there's a few that are, are still here and, you know, they're going to continue to leave the state, I feel, um, especially because the state is being so hostile. But talk about no representation. The, the state rep that represents Springfield is the one that filed the legislation to ban the manufacture of guns that can't be sold in Massachusetts. So basically it was a giant, you know, screw you to Smith & Wesson. And it would have taken 50% of their business away if the legislation had passed. But Smith & Wesson can't even, they can't take that risk, right? How do they play or gamble 
with 50% of their business. You know, maybe it won't go through, but if it does, and, you know, who knows what the economic situation will be like when this bill finally makes its way through the system. And, you know, now when gun sales have been up and at historic highs and they have some money, they figure, hey, let's get the heck out of Dodge now and, you know, go to a state that's going to roll out the red carpet and throw the door open for us and give us great incentives to bring a lot of good jobs and stimulate the local economy. So that's what they're doing. So I get that sentiment, and uh, I just hate to see it. Um, I would rather some people stay and fight. That's why we're here. We're doing what we can, and uh, hopefully we'll see our rights restored as it goes. And the only way you can fight really is through the court systems, in my opinion, because you know right now the the ownership of guns is very hostile to most legis- state legislators, and certainly the past three governor governors have signed uh, gun control legislation didn't matter if there was an R or a D after their name. Um, So yeah, we have that. So anyway, uh, I digress. We uh, still live in a beautiful state and we're very lucky to have um, a decent economy in the area. And, you know, we we have a lot to be thankful for. So um, anyway, and Robert took a week getaway and came down from Chelmsford and said hello to me today in the shop. And I appreciate you saying hello. And uh, I'm sorry we didn't have any Glock 19 or 365 XL mags, but we'll try to do better next time for you, next time you come down. And uh, it's been fast and furious as far as keeping stuff in stock. It's as quick as we get it in, it goes out the door. Um, But if you do travel and you want to get a license to carry in multiple states, check out our Utah 36 state concealed carry class. You get everything you need to apply for the Utah license at the end of the class. Go to capegunworks.com and click on class link to book the class today. And that's with none other than Charlie Cook. And we will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target out to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3. Hey, Toby Leary here from Cape Gunworks. Excited about the change in season. One thing that hasn't changed is the commitment to our customers. Come in, meet our friendly staff, 
Take a class and get your gun license. We have a 15-lane indoor range, a huge pro shop with tons of guns, ammo, archery, and accessories. Shop at capegunworks.com or tune in to Rapid Fire, our talk show about all things guns, the Second Amendment, and self-defense. Go to capegunworks.com and give us a shot. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. And join us every week as we stream this show live on capegunworks.com and other multiple uh, streaming platforms. So go to anywhere you find, you know, get your social media. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks. And like, subscribe, and share, and all that good stuff. We'd love to have you spread the word, spread the gospel of 2A to the community. <laughs> and uh, no, we're happy you're listening. And I... I don't take it for granted. I don't. Uh, I don't take for granted anybody who is willing to give an hour or two of their time to uh, to you know be listen to this show. So there you have it. So let's get right to your questions because I have been teasing that I'm going to do that. And um, here we go. So um, shooting gallery New England is saying, "Hey, hey, hey!" He just wants a shout out, and uh, he just wants a shout out. Yeah, that's how it is. I know him. That's our gunsmith. So if you don't follow Joe's channel, uh, Shooting Gallery New England, you got to do that. Go ahead. He has some cool guests and uh, some cool guests that I haven't even been able to get. And he likes to rub my nose in that. So anyway, we'll have him on this show soon. I promise. Um, Davey's wondering, how does one become a dual citizen? Got any idea where to start? And he's probably referring to the conversation I had with Keith Langer in the first hour about the guy who is a dual citizen between uh, Maine and Mass. And basically, it's real easy. All you got to do is buy property in another state, and uh, you can, you're now a dual citizen. If you are a landowner or a property owner in another state, and you have a residence, if you will, um, then you can buy firearms in that state. Um, in some cases, you don't even need to own land. You can buy long guns across state lines as long as they aren't prohibited in your state. Uh, but the, um, the handguns you cannot buy across state lines unless you have a residence in another state. So there's some people that have a place in Florida or a place up here and they go down to Florida for the winter. They can buy whatever handgun they want and then they can bring it back with them when they come as long as it doesn't violate the assault weapons ban, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, yeah, so that's... That's where you start. Just got to pony up and buy the property. Um, and Scooter was saying that Alec Baldwin uh, failed every basic rule of being responsible with a gun. He never should have picked it up. Another one against guns. But here he is with one and no ideas what to do with it, movies or not. I will Game say over. I will say that the buck stops with him. But there are certain ways that films have been, you know, going up. You know, they hand actors guns that are ready for the scene that they're about to shoot might be a hot gun it might be a cold gun it might have blanks it might have you know nothing and whatever so but he was the producer so the buck stops with him and i'm very interested to see how that plays out for him but i say one thing that was redonkulous that he did was to go on tv and say he did not pull the trigger that was unbelievable i would have fired him if he if i was his lawyer but anyway why uh, you dirty 
environment. And Stephen's wondering about the guy who was arrested after he was given a serialized gun as payment for the fourth uh, quote-unquote ghost gun that he made and sold. Why didn't they arrest him after he sold the first three? And I, I just, I'm going out on a limb. I don't know, but they probably were building a case. So it's kind of like a, a drug buy. If you do an undercover drug buy, they like to have three undercover drug buys, you know, before they go in and arrest the guy. They don't do it after the first one. They always try to build that case to make sure it wasn't just some fluke or recreational guy or something like that. You know, in this case, um, it could have been after the first one, he could have been like, oh, I made this. I didn't realize I was in violation of the law. And, um, you know, here, can you take this? You're legally able to own a gun. So I'm not here. Take it off my hands. That could have been his defense. I don't know. But after doing four, you know, he's in the business of of doing it. So um, and Davey's got a great suggestion. You should put Casper as the serial number on your ghost gun. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. I'm sure it's been done, Davey, but you never know. And Rob is saying that uh, he is applying for the tax stamp for his first suppressor as a resident of New Hampshire. And all I got to say is good for you, Rob. Quit rubbing it in, okay? I mean, for those of us down here and, you know, behind the behind the lines and trying to uh, put in the work every day, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's not nice. Not nice. No, I'm just kidding. I'm happy for you. That's the way life should be. You go up north and that's the way life should be. Even Vermont, which was the first constitutional carry state in the country, they were like that for decades before there were any other states and had very few gun laws. They have recently like, turned over uh, this gun control leaf and have started implementing laws. But for nice. you, no, that's not nice. It's uh, they've been, you know, they ban high capacity magazines and they ban oh no uh, assault weapons. Yeah, exactly. And but for the longest time, the one law that they did have, kind of as a hard fast rule, was you couldn't own suppressors. Well, guess what? They overturned that and became the forty second state to allow suppressor ownership. Yay, Vermont! That was one good thing that they really did as of late. And they understood how ridiculous it is to not be able to, to allow their citizens uh, to own suppressors. But anyway, um, so let's see. Toy Town is saying, uh, last month Keith mentioned the new Ruger plat- AR platform being okay in mass due to design changes. Can I, you elaborate on this model specifically. I don't believe he was talking about the Ruger AR platform. He was talking about the Ruger uh, PC carbine. So that is not an AR pl- platform. Um, so that's probably what you're thinking of. So the Ruger PC carbine is definitely not an AR in any way, shape, or form. It's a direct blowback model. And a lot of even AR-looking guns are along these lines. They're direct blowback. They're not gas impingement. They're not Eugene. They are not the Eugene Stoner design. They have different mag wells. They take Glock mags instead of, you know, AR mags, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so there are certain guns that look like ARs that are pistol caliber carbines or 22s or something other than uh, an AR that can't be considered an AR. So there you have that. MacMan, good to see you, and uh, he's saying Happy New Year. 
and you were at the shop before Christmas and had another awesome visit. Shout out to Chris and Roxy for the outstanding service. Everyone needs an X5 Legion. It's a next level pistol. Thank you, Cape Gunworks. No one can beat your inventory. Nice talking to you. Uh, Roy, as always, keep up the great work. And your, your check is in the mail, Mac, man. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't pay him to say all those nice things. That's uh, that's very nice of you, and Happy New Year to you as well. And uh, Davey's saying, so I have a house in Maine, and I pay property tax. Can I buy a gun up there then? Yes, you can. So that's the beauty of owning a gun up in Maine. I mean, owning a house up in Maine is you don't have to abide by Massachusetts laws when you're in Maine. You can buy some cool free state stuff up there. So there you go. Um, and Toy Town, first time in the chat, by the way. Long time lurker. All right. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for lurking and finally taking the plunge. You jumped in with both feet. So good deal, man. I appreciate it. Um uh, let's see. And Lawrence says, good afternoon. Hope and pray all is well. How are you set on polar these days? I am out of polar beverage these days. So, you know, I, I'm not going to, you know, openly ask for a, a handout. <laughs> I do have the means to go out and buy my own polar seltzer, but I will say I am out at the moment. And, you know, we had one rule in my house. One rule, there's only one, and it's don't run out of polar seltzer. Like, we can run out of bread and milk and OJ and whatever, eggs, but we aren't allowed to, you know, run out of polar seltzer. It's a hard, nice. fast rule, but we've been out for a little while, and it's driving me crazy, and in the shop here. So, we've been out, you know, I actually, this is a story I shouldn't even share because. It, it's so egregious. I should have wrote up the offending employee on a pink slip, but I didn't. So I go to the dumpster and I open the dumpster and I see like a case of polar seltzer in the dumpster. And I go, what in God's green earth is going on? I, you better believe I dove right in there and I pulled those suckers out of the dumpster and I go stomping in the shop what in the world <laughs> that's about how I sounded and I'm like what is going on and so I ask a couple people who are looking at me I have no idea I have no idea and finally someone says yeah they were expired and I'm like I don't care maybe you can't sell them to the public but do you really think I care if the thing is two months expired oh my God. and well it was probably flat I'm like no it wasn't flat it tasted fine and I enjoyed that whole case. But, you know, man, some people these days. Finish it's him. Like, you might as well just throw out dollar bills. You might as well just throw money to the wind because Polar Seltzer is as good as, good as money. So <laughs> anyway, sorry to get off on that tangent. Um, KJ saying, why would Hollywood ever use real firearms to begin with? They create fake worlds. I think they can use a prop gun. Amen to that. But. I got to say, I do appreciate when they use really cool guns. I, you know, we, we were doing the uh, Matrix Marathon at the house the other day, which was an epic failure because me and my boys promptly fell asleep. Uh, and my wife thought it was a good opportunity to take a picture of what movie night at the Leary house lo looks like and see three boys sacked out catching flies with their mouths wide open. But that they have some cool gun scenes in that film. And. I think if it was a fake gun, it would be, it wouldn't be quite as good. So anyway, 
Um, the pepper spray class is back in February, the class for people who want to learn about alternatives to lethal defense. In the class, you'll actually dispense water-based practice spray units, and you'll learn all the facets of non-lethal defense. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class calendar to sign up. It was a wonderfully received class last time, and you don't want to miss out. This is Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. We'll be right back. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Hey, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. These days you need to be able to protect your family and yourself. At Cape Gunworks, we have self-defense training and frequent firearm certification classes. Cape Gunworks has a modern indoor range and a huge pro shop so you can get properly equipped. Get your gun license and the training you need to keep you and your loved ones safe. Go to capegunworks.com to sign up for classes, shop online, or tune into Rapid Fire. Cape Gunworks, there has never been a better time to give us a shot. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and we're glad you're here. We're going to get right back to your questions, and uh, Jeff says, I just became a BFS instructor, and I have to buy a few new guns to have in the class. Are there any red flags to buying more than one gun per day? I am in Central Mass and not a competitor to you. I'm not worried about where you live, Jeff. I believe local waters can support local fishermen, all right? So if you're a competitor to me, I, I offer you good luck. I wish you well. I believe there's plenty of people around to support multiple businesses. Um, if you're going to build Cape Gunworks uh, style place right in my backyard, it makes me sharpen my tools and make sure that I'm doing my job well because competition makes us better at our job. That's why there's always a McDonald's and a Burger King across the street from each other. So if you can't, you know, perform at the highest level, in my opinion, you don't have a right to be in business. And just because guns are a high barrier to entry uh, doesn't give you an excuse to treat people how they, you know, ill. You should you should treat everyone how they want, you would want to be treated. So anyway, I don't know why I got off on that tangent, but... All right, so here's the deal. Right now, if you buy multiple long guns in a day, you can buy as many as you want. There's nothing, you know, no reporting of that unless you live on a border state like Arizona or Texas or New Mexico, something like that. Then there is reporting. But if you buy more than one handgun within five business days from the same establishment, um, then you have something called a multiple handgun form, a 3310 that the dealer has to submit and we submit it to the FBI and we submit it to local law enforcement. So basically what they're looking for is like some 21 year old girl who's just eligible to buy a gun going in and buying 27 high point 
pistols or some Jennings or Raven 25 ACP pistols or, you know, whatever, some cheap pistol for the local gang members or whatever. And that's how they track it is through this 3310 form. It's a major inconvenience for those of us who are just buying one or two cool guns, uh, or I should say two or three cool guns on our trip to the go- uh, gun store. But uh, so it, is it a red flag? Not really. Um, I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, I've never been called about it. I've never had anyone except a big security firm that bought like 150 uh, pistols and 75 rifles from me. Um, they, they, I got a call from the ATF on that, but it wasn't like as it happened, it was during our audit. They kind of were like, hey, what's up with this dude? Like, oh, he's a head of a security firm. Oh, okay, cool. That was it. So really, it's not. There's no red flags there. So, um, you know, unless you're buying 20 high points for the local gang, then I wouldn't worry about it. So, <laughs> uh, and if you're gonna do that, please reconsider. You know, don't do that. Let them get guns the old-fashioned way steal them or something but no i hope they don't get Aha! guns uh all right um let's see all right so scooter's got a good question so for ar build and mass can you buy a complete lower from an ffl do a 4473 then buy an upper welded muzzle brake test fire and do fa10 within seven days all legal question mark and i would say not really only if the lower number one you can't do an fa10 on a lower um so there's really uh you can once it's all built but um you if you buy a ar lower from a dealer you're back in that do you feel lucky category um because based on the guidance that we see uh about the enforcement notice um that you you can't do that or you can do it based on what you think or perceive the law is but you're opening yourself up to prosecution and that's something we're not willing to do we'll fight it on the court level um, but we're not going to fight it as being the test dummy we're not going to be the crash test dummy for that so we have we don't sell stripped lowers to non-law enforcement and getting back to that ghost gun thing we actually had a guy come in the shop the other day, and if you're listening, I mean you know malice by this, um, but uh, we had a guy come in the shop the other day and say he wanted to, he was looking for a project, he wanted to get a polymer 80 kit, and the you know the I, I'm like, oh yeah, I got this slide, this grip, this blah blah blah. We can interact and interchange and blah 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 blah, and showing him all the stuff. Then it occurred to me, I go, and he was with a buddy, and I said, well, you have your LTC right, and he goes. No, I don't have an LTC. And I go, oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm not going to sell you the Polymer 80 kit. It's just a store policy. It's not illegal. I legally could sell him that. But I said, oh, I'm sorry. It's a store policy that we're not going to sell that to people without an LTC. I don't want to set you up for failure. And uh, I don't want to set myself up for being pulled into your failure. So for that reason, I'm I'm out. <laughs> and uh, so then he says, well, my buddy's got an LTC. Can he buy it? And I go, at this point, no, because that would be a straw purchase. Even though, yes, it's legal for your buddy to buy all this stuff. And yes, it would be legal for you to buy all this stuff. 
but I know the intent here is your buddy's going to buy it all and hand it to you in the parking lot, and then you're going to go home, going to go home and pull out the Dremel and the drill bits and the, you know, and the cordless drill and start putting a gun together. I don't want to be a part of that. I'm sorry. Um, get a good lawyer. Try to get your rights restored. I don't know why you can't get your LTC, but um, move to another state. I don't know. Uh, whatever you want to do, but just leave me out of it because I'm not going to be a part of that. So there you have that. Um, cool. Let's see. Uh, thank you, Mac. Mac sent a big, long letter to Polar Beverage on our behalf about sponsoring the show, and I appreciate that. Um, and Lawrence is coming down to do a transfer pickup soon. So that would be cool. And uh, so getting back to your question, Scooter, I would say no. Um, but the question is, do you want to be the test case? So, you know, I know there's a lot of people doing it, and that's fine. They can do that, they can do that all day long on their own. And I'm hoping it does get challenged in court soon. I don't want to be the guinea pig, and it would certainly put a little bit of a hamper on my business if I was. But um, And Toy Town is saying, how do I feel about the CMMG MK47? Yeah, it's not an AR and it's not an AK. So sell them, buy them. Yes, I just can't get them. They're hard to get. But it's very similar to like the PTR uh, 32, I think is what it what number it is. We have those in stock. They're like an HK91 that take uh, 7.62 by 39 and they take AK mags. Definitely not an AK, definitely not an AR. We sell those. We got the Robinson Armament XCRLs that take 762 by 39. They take AR pattern mags. Definitely not an AR of any kind, way, shape, or form. It's a piston-driven gun. It has an upper and lower receiver, unlike an AK. It also um, takes AR pattern mags, but there's no interchangeability, compatibility, similarity whatsoever. It is a compliant gun. We sell those all the time. We have them in 556, 300 blackout, 762 by 39. 65 Grendel, 308. We probably will be getting some uh, 65 Creedmoors in. Uh, so yeah, it's a really, really cool platform, but it is totally different than an AR or an AK. So we sell them and we sell a lot of them. Um, they're hard to get though, but we have them in stock right now. So don't sleep on it if you want something like that. But that's along the line of that MK42, the Mutant, they call it the CMMG Mutant. It's a great gun. And uh, yeah, it's definitely not an AK, not an AR. Um, and Steven wants to know how he can get started with an 80%er in mass. If you come on down to Cape Gunworks and we have 80% lowers in stock, happy to get you set up. We just had a regional gun makers match here back in November where a bunch of us put together our first guns and built them and then competed with them the next day. That was a ton of fun. It's going to be the national gun makers match down in St. Augustine, Florida in March, uh, I think it's March 15th, I'm going to try to go to that, and uh, I, I just missed the first annual regional gun makers match, but the cool thing about that is it's not just the kit guns that people build, it's also 3D printed guns, so you see some amazing uh, creativity coming out, and uh, it's just really cool, and it's a fun uh, hobbyist type thing, kind of geeky, nerdy thing to do, and it's a lot of fun, so uh, Steven says, beyond the four rules of gun safety, what kind of personal safety rules would I follow or suggest? Um, I actually boil it down. I don't, 
based on the training curriculum that I am certified to teach uh, through the ICE training company. Uh, ICE stands for uh, Integrity, Consistency, and Efficiency. But if you go to like icetraining.us, you can see all the classes and courses they offer, and I teach their courses like Defensive Firearms, uh, you know, the DFS-1, DFS-2. And uh, so what we teach in our classes is actually a simpler version of the four universal safety rules. It's one, keep your finger somewhere other than the trigger, until you're ready to shoot, preferably on the scene between the slide and the frame. Number two, keep the gun pointed in a generally safe direction whenever possible. And number three is the big picture rule. Bear in mind you're in control of a firearm. If you use it negligently or maliciously, you can harm or kill somebody or yourself. And those are the three basic safety rules that we really adhere to here at Cape Gunworks. Because there's overlap, redundancy, but more importantly, there's uh, awareness and there's uh, common sense. So when the gun's in my hand, let's focus on what I'm doing with the gun. That is really important. And if my finger is somewhere other than the trigger, preferably on that seam between the slide and the frame, even if I'm like startled or I fall down or get off balance, my finger's not going to inadvertently pull the trigger. If I'm keeping the gun pointed in a generally safe direction whenever possible, and that leaves the door open to sometimes it's not possible to keep the gun pointed in a safe direction. So therefore, the finger off the trigger part and the big picture rule are really important. But even in our advanced pistol handling classes, sometimes we're lying on our back with the gun in the high compressed ready position which means the muzzle of the gun is pointed straight up and we do not consider up a safe direction at cape gunworks we tell people to keep the muzzle down on the floor i would rather have a little bit of spray of concrete and jacket material coming up than around leaving and exiting the building and landing who knows where so anyway that's what we how we really subscribe to the to that and safety is third if you think about it what does that mean like people are like, no, safety first, safety first. Well, safety first isn't the true nature of safety. Like if safety was really first, you would never do anything with any risk. You would be risk averse. If you could potentially get hurt from touching a gun or using a table saw or a miter saw or a uh, drill or a car, then you would never do it if safety was truly first. We say safety's third. So number one is you got to identify what the risks are. What is the hazard of the activity I'm about to embark on or do? And what can we do to mitigate that risk? And what is the benefit of the risk? It has to have a risk versus reward. The benefit needs to far outweigh the risk of what I'm about to do or else it's not worth doing. So once you identify uh, the risky behavior, if you will, and then you can identify how to mitigate that risk, then you can implement rules. So that's where the safety rules come in, safety third, uh, the safety rules. So that's the way we treat it. All right, if you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license yet, don't fear. We have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies only and couples classes, which have been recently added to the class calendar at capegunworks.com. So go do it now. Ready, set, go. 
This is Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. We'll be right back. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and join us every week. Go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire to be notified when we go live. And we want to hear your voice and have you be a part of the show. So go get signed up today and share it and subscribe and send it to all your friends everywhere. All right. Uh, before the break, we were talking, taking your questions here, and uh, Stephen was asking about 80% builds, and he says, is it worth doing an 80% if I already own a couple of guns. And I say, yeah, I mean, it's a hobby thing that it's actually kind of cool. There's a sense of satisfaction getting a gun that you put all the pieces together, you mill out a little bit here and there, you sand and put the fin final touches on. And uh, there's great support online for that. And um, I, I really enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed the one I did for the gun makers match. So I would say absolutely. It's the cool factors off the charts. And uh, even though it's nerdy and geeky, but it's it's cool. It it it's what it's that thing where like the nerd in high school finally gets the kiss from the real popular girl. That's the way I look at it. So go ahead and do it. Yeah, it's a good thing. And uh, 
little bank little bank says uh our polymer 80 builds without a license illegal at home and i would say in this state yes because we are a state that requires a license in order to possess ammunition magazines firearms and long guns so uh yeah you would definitely be out on a limb way out on a limb and someone's there a saw in the branch where it meets the tree if you're doing that i wouldn't do it get your license first and uh or move out of state <laughs> i don't know what to tell you and what's our carry what's my ccw um my concealed carry weapon is a sig 365 xl with the romeo zero red dot which i might go to the hollow sun uh, I think it's the Holosun 507 or 508. I can't remember which one fits nicely on the uh, SIG 365XL. But um, so far, so good. And I'm, I don't have a complaint about the Romeo Zero, honestly. So I might just leave that. Um, but that's my CCW. That's my EDC, if you will. And I have switched from a SIG 365 to the 365XL. And I really like it. And um. You know, it was a long process. I've owned both guns for a long time, and I always carried the 365 because I didn't have any perceptible difference in firing one over the other as far as, like, kinesthetic alignment and what's most likely to happen in a defensive shooting event. Um, so I was like, oh, there's no, like, major benefit to having the little bit longer sight radius or the longer slide or the taller grip. So let's keep carrying the... Um, the you know 365 then i decided after a red dot pistol class and i saw the benefit at distance and for precision shooting so distance and precision is where a red dot really helps it's not going to do you a lick of good if you know you're kinesthetically aligning with the target in a in a proper way because most defensive shooting events occur between 9 and 15 feet and or really nine nine to twenty one feet and on a torso sized target you know if you got some training you don't need to um, have a sight picture if you're kinesthetically aligned with the target so I we call it kinesthetically aligned unsighted fire so I don't use my sights in defensive pistol shooting at those distances but beyond twenty one feet or if you reduce the size of the target then the red dot really helps because I can acquire the target a little quicker than my iron sights. And I can also um, only line up two things instead of three. So the target and the sight instead of the front, the rear, and the target. So with that reason, I have gone to the Romeo Zero on my 365XL. All right, we have archery lessons on the calendar. So go take a private lesson with Dylan get one-on-one -on -one instruction tailored to you we have lessons for pistol rifle shotgun and archery test out different guns or bows book one today go to capegunworks.com forward slash privates you're listening to rapid fire we'll be right back since 1949 family owned and operated legendary performance this is hornady 
Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal Punch Defensive Hollow Point Ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Snap Safe, featuring a pry resistant 316th inch solid steel door, 2300 degree Fahrenheit one hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. Snap Safe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281 603 0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire to get signed up and be alerted anytime we go live. All right, getting back to your questions here. It's Rapid Fire for a reason, because it goes by fast. So um, let me just see here. Uh, if I had any experience for enlisted persons at 18 years old getting an LTC, um, no. You won't be able to get an LTC in this state at 18, unfortunately. I did when I was 18, but that just proves how old I am. Uh, and nowadays, you got to be 21 to get an LTC. But she can get a FID card. So I would have her apply for the FID card as soon as possible. You can get that at 15, um, and you can legally buy long guns at 18 with your LTC. So I would go ahead and get her signed up, and if she becomes active duty in the new year, she doesn't even need to take the LTC slash FID class, but I would highly recommend they take it anyway. Um, have I had to charge any patrons of the range for nailing the carriers or shooting the ceiling at the range? Uh, the range you go to says there is a charge, but you never see people getting dinged for it. Um, no, we've asked some people to leave the range who have shot erratically or not to our satisfaction or hit an object on the range downrange. That obviously wasn't the target, um, but we've never really dinged anyone. Uh, there was one guy that I would ding if I could, you know, if I caught it in time, but uh, he shot through the bench and that was just unsafe and put a big hole in my bench and uh, I would have certainly dinged him. We actually had a shot underneath the bench, hit the back of the bench, um, you know, still facing down range. Uh, must have been coming up out of the range bag or going back into the range bag with their uh, death dealing hollow points or something. I don't know. And uh, I was like, man, somebody actually shot my bench from underneath. And that happened in the very first week we were open. So... Maybe you're listening to the show and your guilty conscience is, you know, it's like the telltale heart, you know, 
And uh, you know, if if you've if you have a guilty conscience and you want to come clean, this is your amnesty. This is your amnesty period. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, it's it's unfortunate that people do fire rounds. But the way the range is designed, from vertical 90 degrees all the way to downward 90 degrees, the bullet is going to be safe. It's going to go into a material that can't be penetrated or it's going to skip into the bullet trap. So the good news is we spent a lot of money in the safety of our range. Even the booths side to side have AR-500 steel, so someone couldn't inadvertently shoot through the booth at the person next to them. And then the back wall is a solidified concrete wall with ballistic glass and doors. We, do, we, hope, no nice. one ever we hope no one ever puts that to the test. But uh, so people watching in the hall or out in the foyer or the lobby area, they couldn't be shot if some knucklehead shot up range. But anyway, that uh, hopefully will never happen. If someone shoots my glass or my door or my booth or, you know, something like that, they will definitely be paying, uh, <laughs> paying the price to fix it. Incoming. But, uh, hopefully it never happens. So anyway, um, let's see. Uh, Binks was asking again um, if if it was illegal to build the polymer 80 at home and keep it at home if he doesn't have his license. And no, that is definitely illegal. Um, and uh, he says he has his FID, but not the LTC yet. But he really wants to build his first pistol. So sorry, bud, you're going to have to wait. Uh, <laughs> I wish there was a way to tell you otherwise, but you're going to have to wait. And uh LARP is asking me if I saw the recent Mass State Police bust out of Bourne where they arrested the guy with a black powder pistol in his car. And will that be considered a firearm despite not needing an FFL to transfer? You know, I'm very curious about this case myself. I did see it and um, I'm shocked. Maybe they're, once it's loaded with powder, primer, and bullet head in it, that it can all of a sudden be considered a firearm because you need an LTC or an FID card to possess the powder, the primer, the bullet. Um, and maybe that's why. I don't know. It's pretty interesting. Um, but you definitely do not need a license to carry to to buy a black powder pistol. And, you know, maybe once it's loaded, it makes it a pistol in the eyes of the state. I don't know. And I know that you, if you don't have an LTC or an FID card, then you can't possess the primer, the powder, or the. Uh, so I'm surprised he wasn't charged with possession of ammunition components. But I'm just wondering if the combination of those into a black powder pistol creates a. We're gonna have to ask Keith that next next one. That's a interesting case to watch. Um, and uh, Binks is following up with what are some good mass compliant. Uh, nine millimeter concealed carry pistols, and I would say the Shield, the Shield EZs, the Smith and Wesson Shield EZs, the uh, Sig 365 or XL, the Taurus G3 Compact is a good, cheap, and cheerful one, a price point gun. Um, there's also the uh, Sig 320, the what's that? The Max 9, yep, the new Ruger Max 9 is a great gun. Um, there's also the uh, Springfield Armory XDS. 
uh, which is a, a good gun as well. So those are all good places to start. The FN 503, yep, that's a single stack pistol. Um, so there's some good choices out there. The uh, full size guns are, you know, aren't out of the question for concealed carry, uh, like a like a Smith and Wesson M&P compact or something like that. Uh, so yeah, there you have it. And you can try any of these out on our range. Uh, we have most of them for rent. So there you go. Uh, let's see. What's a good budget mass compliant sportsman's rifle? I have my FID, so I believe I can own one now. Yeah, you know what I would get is one of the, although they're really hard to get, uh, it's not a budget rifle, but the fixed mag ARs. Believe it or not, you can own one of those with an FID card because the mag does not detach. So um, if we had one of those in stock, I would recommend you look at that. But uh, something like a uh, budget-friendly gun, um, maybe the Beretta CX-4 Storm would be a cool gun to own or any bolt action or lever action. We got this sweet, I can't believe it hasn't sold yet, this Chiapa takedown 44 mag all blacked out with the paracord on the large loop lever action in 44 mag and it's a takedown rifle and I can't believe we haven't sold that yet. It's been here for a few weeks and I never thought it would survive the holiday rush to Christmas but that would be a fun shooter to get with an FID card and it's fairly reasonably priced. I think it's right around a thousand bucks so that'd be a good one. Um, so there you go. Um, cool uh the show is ending here but you can always tune in to capegunworks.com slash rapid fire and see some extended content stick around after this if you're online and you'll see some of that extended content um, but we really appreciate everybody tuning in keep up the good fight support your local community and be a gun advocate put on the responsible face of gun ownership in your city or state and let's fight for all the right reasons Anything's possible, as, anything's possible as Americans, and we can prevail. So God bless everyone, and stick around for extra content if you're listening online. But if not, we'll see you next week. This is Rapid Fire, and I'm Toby Leary. Thanks so much.